Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Hey, I want to welcome you again to Blue Ridge Church. My name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. Whether you're joining us online, here in person, or maybe it's your first time, we are just glad that you've taken time out of your week to be with us today. So Hopefully you had a good 4th of July. You know, we kind of celebrated that midweek. You got to hang out with some friends, family, maybe take in a fireworks show, eat some good food. But we are so glad that you're back with us. So we're in the third week of a series that we've kicked off called Written in Stone. And what we're doing is we're going back and we're looking in the Old Testament. We're looking at the commandments of God and we're diving deep into those and seeing how they apply to our lives today. And if you haven't been here for each of these, they're available on our website if you want to keep up or, or catch up. But the very first week, Matt kicked this series off, and he gave us a lot of the background, right? A lot of the background of the Israelites, a lot of the background of the Ten Commandments. And we discovered that God builds the relationship with us first, and then the guidelines come in, right? He doesn't expect us to follow the guidelines if we have no relationship with him. And so then Matt jumped into the first commandment, which if we were to kind of narrow that down just so that we can remember it and to make it an active part of our lives, it's to put God first place, right? Put God first place in every single area of your life. And then last week, we looked at the second and the third commandments, the second being about, you know, false idols and about images and heaven and earth that we create in our minds. And we kind of reduced that commandment for us to remember that we're not to reduce God in any way. See, what we do is we say, well, I'm not worshiping any idols over here, and I'm all good, and I'm not doing this. But we create these images in our mind of who we think God is, right? So that we can control God, and we can fathom him, and and we put him in a little box. And we say, well, my God does this, and my God does that. And God says, I don't want you to reduce me in any way. And then we talked about the third commandment, which, you know, don't use the Lord's name in vain. And most of us learn that we're just not supposed to cuss along with God's name, right? But it's so much deeper than that. And we learned that God doesn't want us to associate his name with anything that he's not associated with. That's really the heart of that commandment. So that's where we've been so far And today we're going to talk about something that impacts everybody watching, everybody in this room, and that's life. The busyness, the craziness, the pace of the lives that we live, and the pace of the world that we live in. And I don't know if you figured this out, but just because you're busy and you're hectic and you've got this going on and that going on, the world's not going to stop, right? Culture is going to keep cranking on and moving at breakneck Speed. So my guess is, and it's probably a really good guess today, is that you're busy. You're incredibly busy. And you're tired. And it doesn't matter if you work or you're retired. You're constantly busy. It doesn't matter if you're a stay-at-home mom or dad or you're in school. You're constantly on the move. And then I think about this. And I think about these things and technology and how it it can be a great thing, right? If you wanna uh, Google the best hamburger recipe, it's great. 
for that, right? But technology keeps us connected all the time to this fast-paced world, and it's getting faster and faster because of technology. Therefore, you got your phone, your boss always has access to you, your friends have access to you, your family has access to you. So we never get a break. And it just seems like we don't have control of the time that we have. And I think about just the normal routine of a day. For me, it involves, you know, research and studying and, and phone calls and emails and text messages and, and counseling and then problem here and a, and a problem there. And I can't imagine what your day looks like. And then what happens when we get home? Doesn't stop, does it? There's, there's kids to shuffle. There's meals to cook. There's houses to clean. There's dishes to wash, there's laundry to do, there's bills to pay, there's stress about, oh, I haven't done the car maintenance or gotten the old change. And so my guess is you feel the same way I do. Often we have zero control of our time. So here's learning number one to kind of kick us off. If we're not proactive, time will control us, right? Instead of us dictating and controlling our time, what happens is our time starts to control us. And we move so fast. Sometimes our bodies are present in a situation, but our mind's not there. You ever done that? Show up at a meeting, you're at a party, you're at a, a wedding, and you're sitting there talking to people. Your body's there. You're there, man. You made it. But your mind's not. You know, your mind's, you know, drifting off to what you got to do, what, what, what's on your plate. That's where a lot of you are right now. You haven't heard a thing I've said right? Because your mind is thinking about what you're going to do this afternoon or what you have to do because we're so crazy busy. And so we start to say things like, well, man, where does the time go? Or, or man, time just flies. One of my favorite things to say is there's not enough time in the day. Say that all the time. And somebody called me on it multiple years ago, and I don't even remember who it was, but they said, well, Scott, wait a minute. If there's not enough time in the day, either you're doing something wrong or God made a mistake. I'm like, wow. And he went on to say, well, if God, you know, made a mistake in creating a 24-hour day and he should have created 25 or 26, then that's on him. But otherwise, you're doing too much. You're the one that's at fault if there's not enough time in the day. And that just kind of resonated with me. And the truth is, we're all doing too much. We're overcommitted, we're overscheduled, we're overtaxed, we overpromise, we over, you know, do. And then if that's not enough, guess what? Other people do that for us. Have you figured out yet that your family has a great plan for your life? Right? Your friends have a great plan for your life. We can get committed to things and sucked into things that we never said we would do. But the bottom line is, we're too busy. And we've talked about this topic in the past at different, different angles, and it's because God has so much to say about it in the Scripture. And I'm telling you, culture will fight you every step of the way. Now, if you talk to my kids or you talk to my wife, they're going to tell you that I like to stay busy. They'll, they'll tell you that I don't sit down, that I always have to have something to do. And I, I like that pace of life, but 
when I start to really reflect on it and slow down enough to see what I'm doing, it's my choice. The busyness, the hecticness in my life, it's my choice. And the busyness in your life, the, the stress in your life, it's your choice. Because nobody forces busyness on us. But we'll make excuses as to why we're busy, right? Well, I got to work. I got to work more. I got to work overtime because I got bills to pay. Why do we got bills to pay? Because we buy too much, right? We want too much. We want to accomplish too much, and we want to achieve too much. And listen, my goal certainly isn't to embarrass me or single me out today. And my goal is not to shame you today because of the pace of your life, but it's to get us all to slow down enough to ask, what's all this getting me? What is the pace of my life actually doing for me? How is it benefiting me? And maybe you came in here today and you had no clue what order the commandments were. You know now what the fourth commandment is, right? It's to take a day off. It's to rest. And it's found in Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 10. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. That's a long commandment. But if we were to shorten that, it's, it's easy to shorten. Get some rest, right? Take a day off. And here God gives us something so simple, so, so practical, so basic. You wonder, why is this in the top 10, right? He says, put me first. Don't reduce me in any way. You know, don't associate my name with anything it's not associated with. And then he says, oh, by the way, I'd like you to get some rest. Now, full transparency, full transparency. Some of you may not come back next week. But this commandment, anytime I miss this, anytime I don't take a day off in a week, it doesn't bother me. It often doesn't bother me. I don't feel bad about not taking a day. Oh, I was busy. I needed to do this. This family needed me. I needed to be here. This needed to get accomplished. And I don't feel any negative connotations about breaking this commandment. And I know that sounds terrible, and I can't believe I'm admitting that, but I'm guessing you're the exact same way. As a matter of fact, I know you're the exact same way. You miss not taking a day off and it doesn't make you feel guilty. How do I know that? Because none of you have ever asked me to counsel you on this issue. <laughs> right? Hey, man, I, I need some help. I need some, I just simply keep breaking the fourth commandment. Nobody's come to me and said that. It's because it doesn't make us feel guilty because we justify it in our mind as to why it's okay. I mean, I would feel guilty if, if I was lying, if I was stealing Heaven forbid, you know, did something like commit adultery, my wife would kill me anyway. 
but I just don't feel that guilty if I don't get my day off. But we got to realize the same God who said don't kill, don't steal, don't listen to boy bands is the same God who said, I want you to rest. I want you to take a day off. And listen, there's plenty of arguments in Scripture, and you could, you could argue with somebody about this. Well, do we even have to take the, uh, the day off because Jesus is now Lord of the Sabbath? And, but what you got to do is you got to look at the, the whole message of the Scripture, and all through the Scripture, God encourages us to get some rest. And then if that's not good enough, go back and see what God himself modeled. For six days, he worked and created. And on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested. So we need to take some rest. So no matter where you stand on that argument, you can't ignore the other parts of the Scripture that God says this is incredibly important to you. And I, I get we think this is impossible in our culture. I can't do that. I've got this, I've got that, I've got this going on, I've got to take my kids here, my kids are involved with this, my work is so demanding, and, and I'm a single parent, and, and, and this. Whatever excuse we could come up with, we struggle with keeping this commandment. That's why we've kind of justified it where it doesn't feel very guilty to us when we miss it. But what we've got to realize is when God originally gave this to the Israelites, I guarantee you they struggled with it too. They were a 24-7 culture just like we are. They were slaves in Egypt. In the little bit of time that they would get for themselves, they had to take care of themselves, right? And most of their time was serving the Egyptians. And they were surrounded by other cultures that were 24-7 cultures. I mean, back then, if you took a day off, you may not eat. If you took a day off, your crops, you know, may not be in the best shape that they could be in. So I guarantee you when God gave this in this list of Ten Commandments to the Israelites, you're thinking, that's, that's impossible. God, we're barely making it as it is. Are you kidding me? But God knew their situation. He knows our situation. He knew the culture. He knows our culture. And he still says, I want you to rest. I want you to take a day off. And it seems so ridiculous. But why did God say that? Why did God tell us this? And why does he tell us throughout the scripture to rest? And why did God model this in the very beginning in creation by taking the seventh day as a day of rest? Because God knows how we're designed. He knows how he made us, and he knows it's necessary for our life. He knows what our tendencies are, and he knows that rest is good for us. So God gave us this for ourselves. He didn't create it for him. He created it for us. So we have to look at why it's beneficial and why it should be something that we do. Now, I want to read something from a guy by the name of Tim Keller. And some of you know Tim Keller, great theologian, great man of God. He passed away in May. The guy was brilliant, but he said this, God liberated his people when they were slaves in Egypt. And then in Deuteronomy, God ties the Sabbath to freedom from slavery. So really, anyone who overworks is a slave. Anyone who cannot rest from work is a slave to a need for success, to a materialistic culture, to exploitive employers, to parental expectations, or to all the above. And these slave masters will abuse you if you're not disciplined in practicing 
the Sabbath rest. Sabbath is a declaration of freedom. We are truly free in Christ, right? The Israelites were truly free of the Egyptians. And one of the things God wanted them to do on their Sabbath day of rest was to remember their freedom. That's what we should do. But here's learning number two. A day of rest is more than rest for our body. It's about rest for our soul. So God gives us the Sabbath to remind us that we're free and we are free of our sins because of Christ. But also he gives us the Sabbath so that we will learn to depend on him. In other words, you can work for six days and guess what? I'm going to provide for you for seven. He's teaching us in this day of rest to simply depend on him. And that's what he was trying to teach the Israelites, right? They left Egypt. They were slaves. They left in a hurry. And now they're out in the wilderness and they think they're all alone. How quick after God freed them did they take their eyes off of God? And they're out there in the wilderness and they're wondering, how are we going to take care of ourselves? right? How are we going to provide for ourselves? What are we going to eat? They couldn't have much food on them. It's not like there was a sheets on the way that they could stop and go in and get something to eat. So they started worrying about it. And here's what we read. Exodus chapter 16, verse 3. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread we wanted. But now you have brought us into this wilderness to starve us all to death. Okay, so God's going to free you from Egypt, and then he's going to completely abandon you. That's what they thought. We got to do it ourselves. We got to work hard. We got to figure out how we're going to survive. Isn't that kind of what we do? We look to the past, and we think, man, the past was great. Oh, man, the good old days. We didn't have any problems or issues in the past because we forget the problems and issues. We only think about the good things. We kind of tend to look at the past with a distorted lens. And that's what the Israelites are doing. They're looking at the past. They were slaves. But all they're focused on is we had food to eat in Egypt. Instead of looking forward to the challenges they face and remembering the fact that God was with them. So this whole time, all God's trying to teach them, depend on me. And of course, we know God provided for them. Exodus 16 13b through 14 says this, and the next morning, the area around the camp was wet with dew. This is where all the Israelites were in the wilderness. When the dew evaporated, a flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. And if you know the story of the Exodus and you know the story of the Israelites, this was the food that God was going to provide them to eat, and it was called manna. And if you don't know this story, what was really cool, and again, God's trying to teach them what? Depend on me. Depend on me. Every day, this happened. And every day, God said, you go out and you collect enough food for today. And only collect enough food for today because guess what I'm going to do for for you tomorrow? I'm going to do this again. And I'm going to provide for you again. I want you to depend on me. Now, if they took more food than they needed, let's say they you know, I'm really hungry. I'm going to save some for tomorrow. And they collected more. What happened? Whatever they kept overnight, it went bad. It spoiled. It was rotten. You couldn't eat it. Again, God's telling them, do you trust me? You got to depend on me. And what's so cool is now God's commanded them to take a day off on the day before the Sabbath 
And I think it was, sad, let's say, Saturday. On Friday, God would give them two days' worth of food. He'd say, now I want you to collect enough for two days. Because guess what? Saturday morning when you wake up, that's the Sabbath day of rest. There's not going to be any food on the ground. And they're probably thinking, well, won't it rot? Because we tried this and it rots overnight. And God's like, it, it won't rot. You'll have food for Saturday. You won't have to collect it on Saturday because I want you to do what? Rest. So really what God did is in this timetable of every day going out and collecting their food and on Friday collecting two days worth of food, God builds a reminder into the nation of Israel, depend on me. Every day they're collecting that food, what do you think they're thinking? God provided this. I'm dependent on God. And then on Friday when they're collecting two days worth, I'm dependent on God that this is going to last overnight and it's going to last through Saturday Again, the whole message was, I want you to depend on me. See, what God was doing is he was preparing them. They weren't a nation yet. They were just a ragtag bunch of people in the wilderness. But God knew what they were going to become. They were going to become a great nation. They were going to be strong. They were going to have towns and cities and kids and crops. And, you know, other nations were going to look to them. And God was preparing them for what they were going to face. And he was reminding them, no matter how big you get for your britches, I want you to depend on me. And God had to do this for a little while to train them to depend on me. You know how long he did it? 40 years. Maybe they were slow learners. I don't know. Right? But for 40 years, he provided for them and taught them every single day, depend on me. So when we take that rest, whatever day it is, whatever time it is, when we take a day off, that's what we need to remember. We are still dependent on God. No matter how independent we think we are, no matter how smart we are, how much money we make, what jobs we have, how set up we are for the future, we are totally dependent on God. And so the Sabbath is a great day or the day of rest is a great day to remember, I'm going to depend on God. Why else did he give us the Sabbath? God gave us or, or tells us, to take a day off to rest so that we will realize and enjoy what we already have. That's what God did. He enjoyed what he created. He created for six days. He kicked back and rested on the seventh. And what does the scripture say? He enjoyed it. He called it good. So God wants us when we're resting, when we take a day off, to just enjoy what we already have. How many of us live in a, an apartment? or a trailer, or a house. And we don't even have time to enjoy because we're too busy. How many of us have extended family, or friends, or people we used to be close to, and now because we're so busy, we don't have time to invest in their lives, and we're not enjoying them? Think about how life would be if we just said, I don't need anything else. I'm just going to relax. I'm going to enjoy all this stuff I already have. I'm, all, I'm going to enjoy what God's already given me. I'm going to enjoy God's creating. What, what would life look like if we just one day said, enough's enough. I'm just going to rest. I'm going to turn my phone off or leave it on the nightstand. Some of you, you'd probably be bored, right? But what if we just stopped long enough to say, I've already got enough to enjoy? I'm going to enjoy what I've already got instead of thinking that I need more. And the most precious thing we have to enjoy is what? Time. 
time. It's our most valuable, precious resource. We never get any more time. We can make more money. We can, you know, earn more, but we can't get any more time. So we don't want to miss out on taking the time to enjoy what we already have, relationships and family and, and friends and nature and, and, you know, materialistic toys, whatever. So God gives us the Sabbath to depend on Him, to remind us that we're dependent on Him, to enjoy what we already got, what He's already blessed us with, and then also, you know, to remind us for, of what He's already done for us. We wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for God. Now, in the book of Deuteronomy, the commandments are repeated by Moses to the Israelites again. And when he gets to the fourth commandment, what's interesting is he emphasizes the part about being free and, and about being slaves. And that's not emphasized as much in the book of Exodus. And I want to read that to you again. Because really what God's trying to tell us is this means everyone. Not just some people, but everyone. Deuteronomy 5, 14b through 15. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt. But the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So they were all slaves. Now some of them had slaves. And so God had to clarify, hey, this is for everybody. Because those that owned servants or had servants, I guarantee you, they would have taken their day off and checked the box. Oh, I took my day off. But their servants would have been working for them. God simply spelled it out here. This means everybody. There's no exceptions. You need to rest. That's how you're designed. See, God says, set some time aside so that you remember I'm in charge. I'm your provider. Everything you have is because of me. You wouldn't have anything if I wouldn't have done it for you. You know why you got a job? It's because God gave it to you. You know why you have money? It's because God's providing it. The reason we have food and maybe even some extra in the cupboards or in the, in the pantry, it's because God has given it to us. He just simply wants us to acknowledge everything he's already done for us. And the, what a better day to do that than on the Sabbath. Because everything we use, everything we take advantage of, everything we leverage in life, it's all because of God. And I know I still got some skeptics out there saying, ah, well, you're a good preacher, but you're not convincing me. I, I can't take a day off. This is impossible. And I understand this. I really do. It's how I'm wired. But even on days when I say I'm going to rest or I'm taking a day off, I still get phone calls. I still get emails. I still get text messages. I still have to fix all the problems that Justin creates, right? So I, I get this. But here's what we need to understand. We're not the only group that's ever struggled with this. The Israelites were the same way. By the time they became a powerful nation, you know what they were doing? They were trying to cheat the system. They were getting other people to do their work for them. I think it's Jeremiah or Nehemiah talks about this. They were actually paying people less to do their work for them, and they were still making money because they wanted to get ahead. They were competing with other nations that were working seven days a week. So they felt like we got to work seven days a week. So they tried to work around this commandment so they could 
technically say that they took a day off, but other people didn't. They wanted to accomplish. They wanted to achieve. It's amazing when you look at the nation of Israel and us today and the similarities. It's, it, it's scary. But they were trying to beat the system, just like you and I try to beat the system. How many of you like Chick-fil-A? Just, just give me a show of hands. Love some Chick-fil-A. Yeah, it's closed today. How about Hobby Lobby? Got any people go to Hobby Lobby? Man, that place got everything. Furniture. They got a wedding section now. They're closed today. They have figured out how to get it all done in six days. I think we can figure out how to get it all done in six days. I think the reason Scott doesn't want to and doesn't like the thought of not being busy is because maybe Scott thinks that busyness makes him feel important. Maybe busyness makes us feel needed. And so we feel like we got to keep doing and we got to keep achieving and we got to keep going. But what a day off will do or a day of rest or a period of rest in a day, you know what it does? It trains this, it trains our mind and it trains our hearts to realize that the most important thing in life is not what we accomplish. It's what God's already done for us. He's already saved us. He's already freed us. We are free just like the Israelites were free. We're free in Christ. So I'm going to challenge you to apply this to your life. And when you do this, what you're going to be saying is, God, I'm trusting you for seven days worth of manna and six days worth of work. I'm trusting you for seven days worth of provision in my six days of effort. And you know what that's going to do? It is going to stretch your faith. Guarantee you. It's like giving. I, I've challenged people when we've talked about money and done a series on that. Giving. Try God. He promises he's going to bless your life. And if he doesn't work, then stop taking a day off. But I guarantee you, it will change your life. And I know my skeptics, what you're saying, eh, that's great. Still can't do it. You don't know my schedule. You don't know my obligations. You don't know my commitments. You don't know what I'm involved with. I can't take a day off. And you're right. You can't take a day off. I can't take a day off if we keep doing what we're doing. So learning number four, we can't take a day off and maintain our current lifestyle. You're right. Can't do it if we keep wanting and doing the same things that we're doing. And if it's impossible for you to take a day off, then welcome to the club. You're doing too much. Your life's out of control. Your life is out of bounds. And maybe, just maybe, we need to do something a little different in order to be obedient to this. And listen, it's not going to be easy, right? Anything in life that's worth doing is very, very hard. It's hard to implement. But I'm telling you, when it becomes part of your routine, it does get easier. Are you going to slip up every so often? I didn't get it this week, of course. But it just gets easier, and it will change us. Jesus himself took timeouts and pauses and rested in his life. Contrary to popular belief, he did not heal everyone. Jesus did not minister to everyone. He did not answer everybody's text messages 
in emails and Facebook posts. He took times of rest because he knew he needed to be obedient and he knew it was necessary. He too set the example for us. And if you're going to do this, you got to get ahead of the curve. You can't wait to the last minute to do things. Here's a concept. Don't wait till the laundry fills up in the laundry basket. Do a load when it's half full, right? But we got to do our laundry. We got to get our grocery shopping done, get the yard cut or whatever it is that freaks you out that has to be done before you get to your day off. Get the bills paid beforehand so you're not stressed about it and worried about it. God created us to depend on him, to appreciate what we have and what he's already done for us, and to remind us that he's the source of everything. It's about taking some time to reflect and recharge and re-energize. And listen, I didn't want to do this talk. I'm like, I could just dump this on Cody or, or Matt, or we could just, you know, not have a talk on Sunday because it's my issue, because it's my biggest struggle. But reflecting this week, I'm like, well, why, why have you been so disobedient in this in your past? And it's because I was looking to me. I got to do it. Nobody else is going to do it. Nobody else is going to do it for me. It still needs to get done. Instead of looking to God, God says, I will provide seven days worth of whatever you need in six days if you'll just listen to me. I was just like those Israelites. Man, we're hungry. We had food in Egypt. They weren't focusing on what God was going to do and depending on him. They were depending on themselves. When we realize in life that we don't have squat without God, when we reflect on his goodness and what he's already done for us, makes it a little easier to rest. I don't have to worry about this. God's going to come through, and life just gets easier. So learning number four, final learning, taking a day off is an act of faith that says God's in control. You may know it in your head he's in control, but when you take a day off and trust him for seven days worth of provision in six days, you're committed. All right, God, you got this. It says, I trust you. I depend on you. I'm going to take you at your word. I'll end with this verse, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Our ultimate rest is in Christ. Right, and what a better time to reflect on what Christ has done for us, that we are 100% committed to him and enjoy the freedom that he's already given us. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your word. Lord, this instruction for us that teaches us that truly is our guide in life. Lord, if we didn't have your word, we would not be anchored. Forgive us when we pick and choose the things we want to do and the things we don't want to do or the things we want to be obedient to and those that we don't want to be. Lord, help us all to truly get some rest, to take some time off, to depend on you, to reflect on you and what you've already done for us. Lord, if you didn't do another thing for us, you've done too much already. Maybe you're at home or you're here today and you've never rested in Jesus. What does that even mean? It means you've never trusted Christ for forgiveness of your sins or for eternal life. You know, when we have Christ, not only are we forgiven of our shortcomings and our sin, 
but we're given a home in heaven for when we leave this earth. And we're given a purpose for today. Maybe you've never said yes to Christ. Let me encourage you today. Invite him into your heart. Just say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I want you to lead my life. And teach me, just like you have today, what's going to be a better path for me to take. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your grace and your patience and your mercy. But also, we thank you for your truth. Help us to be obedient. Amen. As we finish up, I want to encourage you just to fill out uh, those connection cards uh, online. If you've got prayer requests, please put those on there. You can send those in throughout the week, and our prayer team will be faithful to pray through those with you. All July the 23rd, Sunday, July 23rd, after our third service, we're going to have our next uh, partnership class. That is where, if you want more information about the church, why we do the things we do, why we structure this way, what's our strategy, that's what we do in that about an hour and 10 minutes. We feed you lunch, we have child care. So if you've been looking to get more information about the church, that is a great avenue to do that. So I invite you to that. Next Sunday, man, grab a friend, come back and see us. If you're on vacation, uh, be careful, be safe, have a great time. But thanks for being here today. I hope you have a great afternoon. God bless you guys.